Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the Listen to Your Body edition. I never do that. <laughs> I never listen to my body ever. It's a rule I have. It's a rule. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's always bad news. I just, I ignore it. I put it on mute. <laughs> if it's not leaking or breaking immediately, like, let it go. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's a pattern on this show. People just ignore one guy had a spoon in his throat for a year. We, we covered I, that story. I, I understand that. <laughs> I would have gone two years. <laughs> Today is episode 110, Why Thinking Makes You Tired. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why Thinking Hard Makes You Tired. And The Woman Who Could Smell Parkinson's. Love it. Yes. I, I wish I could do that. <laughs> it's a, wish I could do that. You'd change the world, Dee. Uh, but, uh, but you're not. <laughs> I know. You know, I was thinking the other day, I'm the least interesting person on the Well, That's Interesting podcast. <laughs> I don't know. It, you know, anyone and everyone is, is welcome. Being not interesting is interesting. <laughs> I think so. Oh. It got me this far. That's right. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with our second guest ever, Dee Chacha. Hello. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Uh, basically, every guest comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. That's the premise. Uh, now, uh, before we get into the human body, my friends, I am so fucking excited to drop an update on a previous episode, episode 101, Creatures in Unexpected Places. Ooh. Yes. Now, if you had a listen, you may remember back in July of this year, three female bison were reintroduced to a reserve in the in an area of England called Kent, uh, making them the first wild roaming bison in Britain for literally thousands of fucking years. Um, that's exciting. Yeah, it's so fucking exciting. I think you might have actually. Did you send me this article? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh, so. Um, that native species had gone extinct thanks to people, and now people have reintroduced a small herd all in hopes to naturally revive the area uh, in what's called a rewilding experiment. Only and humans can do this. They oh, can yeah. totally fuck things up mm -hmm. and go, oops, I'm so sorry, and then try to be the heroes of the story. Yes. Yeah, we're the problem and solution to all things that and alcohol. So. Yeah. <laughs> so as the Simpsons so aptly put. So y'all, this rewilding experiment is fucking going swimmingly. So Dee, please do us the honors. What the fuck <clears throat> did the reserve staff notice just a few weeks, just a few weeks ago? Okay, from Eleanor Higgs of iflscience.com on September 9th, after not seeing the younger female for a few days, bison rangers were shocked to discover not three happy female bison, but four. Staff did not know the younger adult female was pregnant. Right. Bison have a nifty way, nifty way <laughs> of concealing their pregnancies to protect themselves from predators. That's interesting. It is difficult to detect pregnancy in bison as they naturally conceal, conceal being in calf to avoid being hunted by predators. Hmm. It is a survival mechanism. Uh, I'm sorry, Ranger Tom Gibbs explained in a statement, end quote. There you go. That's right. A brand I mean, new, yeah, nifty way of concealing their pregnancies. I love it. Yeah, I it's it's a talent, I guess, for them. So, yeah, it's a brand new edition, and she's doing well. 
the herd is thriving and they're doing their thing. It's everything is working totally to plan. But this was a surprise <laughs> for you. See, my friends, the bull that was to join them is held up in Germany, thanks to Brexit, and it has not yet shown up. So this pregnancy happened sometime before the ladies were released. Uh, Mark Haben. <laughs> thanks, Brexit. Thanks, yeah, I know. Uh, Mark Haben, director of zoo operations at the Wildwood Trust, called this a welcome surprise and told IFL, quote, when the bison took their first steps into the wild just weeks ago, it was hard to imagine that anything could come close to the elation we felt in that moment. But here we are celebrating the arrival of a bison calf. We are delighted that mother and calf are both doing well and look forward to watching the herd continue to grow and flourish in the coming months, end quote. So adorable. And you know, my words don't do it justice. So Dee, would you like to see a video of some of this baby bison just chilling with its mom? It's gonna break my heart and I'm gonna love it. And I'm gonna yeah. cry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's painful. Uh, but we're going to get through it. Um, I'll have screenshots on our social media stuff. So please come on by and just look at this couple of days old baby bison. Uh, first one born in England in a long fucking time. So here we go. All right, D, tell me what you see here. I see the mama and the baby by a puddle. Uh, <laughs> it's a muddy puddle. I wish they had a little cleaner mud uh, water <laughs> The, the mom is drinking and the, the baby calf is just hanging out, just sniffing around. Oh. And now the little mom, the mom, oh, the baby calf is running around like a little, like a little crazy person just running around <laughs> like a lunatic. And the mom is looking at it like, all right, I made you, but damn, you're crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Just but just... everyone looks happy. Everyone looks happy. And they look really content. The mom is very calm. Just yeah. drinking the water, the pond, the pond water. And now we're looking at the baby calf looking at us at the camera. Oh, geez. It's yeah, like right there. It's right there. <laughs> and so cute and tiny. So tiny. So fluffy. Little baby. Just just absolutely perfect. Cuter than way. any human baby that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that shit's going well. And honestly, today, my friends, is a day of amazement. Uh, for example... Did you know that up until recently, and I mean recently, like up until this fucking year, researchers had never really studied why, after a mentally strenuous day, we feel burnout and mental exhaustion. We have no idea why. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> every day, every day I feel that. Yes. Yes. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> it's yeah. so depressing. Yeah. We... I, totally in your camp. Totally fucking get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, researchers want to know, is there a biological reason or change in the brain that takes place after hours of work, causing us to slow the fuck down and check out, to get on the couch and watch reality TV or whatever? So, well, good news. Now you can genuinely tell your boss to fuck off because there is a genuine change in the body. Oh, thank goodness. I know. <laughs> I'm going to do this tomorrow. If any day to do it is a Friday, I'm very, very excited about doing this. Fucking put it in your pocket. <laughs> whip it out. <laughs> this is going to be very useful. Uh, I'm going to take notes. <laughs> then after the break, uh, a story that made the rounds on TikTok and social media. Uh, but if you missed it or didn't get all the details, holy shit, we've got an inspirational and positive story for you today. Uh, one woman's bizarre gift 
The ability to smell out a particular disease like a bloodhound is helping scientists develop more accurate tests that could potentially save lives faster. So that's after the break. Fucking crazy story. It's, Love it. I can't wait to get to it. <laughs> uh, so should we begin? Hell yeah. I think I sent you the story too. I think, I think so too. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, So, to begin, we need to head on over to the land of 35-hour work weeks, Paris, France. And uh, specifically, what's that? No, that sounds like I thought you said something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Specifically, we find ourselves at the flamboyantly named Pitié-Saint-Pétrière University. Oh, my gosh. I think I I said that right. I think so. (laughs) Sounded pretty. Sounded sounded good enough. And we are with the equally flamboyantly named Matthias Pesigilion yes. and Antonius Wheeler. And I'm just fucking exhausted just saying their names. Let's take naps. We'll take naps. We'll re- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, we are with these marvelous researchers who asked a very basic but very fucking important question that had yet to be answered. Uh, D, according to EurekaAlert.org, what did they intend to find out? Uh, okay, so research, researchers wanted to understand what mental fatigue really is. While machines can compute continuously, the brain can't. They wanted to find out why. They suspected the reason had to do with the need to recycle potentially toxic substances that arise from neutral activity, end quote. What? Neural activity, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. That is a lot. I just want to take a nap. I, I don't want to know all that. I'm just God. tired. Yeah, put a pin in that nap thing. We're actually gonna we're actually gonna get to that. Uh, yeah, my friends, Matthias and Antonius got to thinking themselves, and came up with the hypothesis that essentially waste is created and builds up after a hard day, slowing us down. So, how do you even test for something like that, and why does it even happen if it's true? Well, all right, we got to start by rounding up a few volunteers for a day, according to their volunteered. study. I'm sorry. I would have volunteered. (laughs) That sounds like something I want to do. (laughs) Just explain to me what's wrong with me. Even though I would ignore it, though, for several years. (laughs) It's the only way Americans get free health care. You have to fucking volunteer for studies. Right. It has to meet meet a critical point. But even then, I can wait a few days. (laughs) Keep an eye on it. Uh, So they, uh, they rounded up a couple of volunteers for a day. And according to their study, published in the August issue of Current Biology, some folks were divided into two groups, uh, and the, quote, two groups of participants performed either high high demand or low demand cognitive control tasks interleaved with economic decisions. End quote. (laughs) So that's a lot. That's a lot. Does not sound like fun. Uh, Some folks had to work their asses off, and another group had it a bit easier. Uh, sounds like life. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I take it back. I will not volunteer. Yeah, this, this, this experiment kind of does suck. Um, so in sum, this was a perfect experiment, though, to test some brains. And luckily, however, researchers used a non-invasive approach to test them. So, D, what bonkers machine did they use? Oh, geez. I think of the exorcist. Remember the exorcist? <laughs> yes. The medical horror? I love that. Okay. Uh, from Eureka. To look for evidence of buildup, they used magnetic resonance. Yep, resonance. Oh, geez. Uh, Spectroscopy 
MRS, to monitor brain chemistry over the course of a workday. Magnetic resonance spectroscopy, MRS. What in the holy fuck is that? You're probably wondering. Yeah, great question. So I I don't look it up. Totally had to look it up. And this fucking thing is wild. My friends, it can figure out what metabolites or the end products of your metabolism are present in your body on an atomic level. And it picks them up by detecting the, quote, radio frequency electromagnetic signals produced by the atomic nuclei in molecules, end quote, from the Encyclopedia of Neuroscience. In motherfucking sum, they can tell what's present by looking for signature waves or signature frequencies in your body, my dude. (laughs) (laughs) They just emit waves and this machine can pick them up. It's fucking wild. That's bonkers. (laughs) It's so bonkers. So in this case study, waves they did detect. First, it should be noted, the working, uh, the group working like a dog showed visual signs of fatigue, uh, including reduced pupil dilation. And towards the end of the day, they chose to do tasks that were easier, with a faster reward. They totally checked out. Right? They were fucking tired. They do what we all do. They I get just, it. Yeah, they wanted to do the easy shit. And in their brains, my friends, a buildup was detected. D, our resident brain doctor for the day. <laughs> I, I am, technically. <laughs> Yes. Uh, what did they find in the noggins of the people who worked hard all motherfucking day long? Critically, they also had higher levels of glutamate in synopsis of the brain's prefrontal cortex. I, I sound very smart. Uh, <laughs> together with the earlier evidence, the authors say it supports the notion that glutamate accumulation makes further activation of the prefrontal cortex more costly so much so cognitive control is more difficult after a mentally tough work day Mm -hmm. huh there you go that's just a fancy way of saying i need to take a nap you're exactly fucking right i am exactly smart because i'm a a brain Brain doctor doctor. i'm a brain doctor congratulations (laughs) i graduated just now so, my friends, the synapses or spaces between neurons in your prefrontal cortex get gunked up. Uh, that's very scientific. Gunked. Yeah. Gunked. <laughs> totally gunked. Now, I bet you have a few questions like, what the fuck's the prefrontal cortex again? And what the fuck is glutamate? Well, uh, long story short, right behind your forehead there is that cortex. And she's an important one. Uh, reasoning, problem solving, comprehension, impulse control, creativity. These are just some of the things it's responsible for. And it works overtime while you're at your job, while you're at your life. And uh, now get this. Glutamate is the best friend you never knew you had. Glutamate is the most abundant excitatory neurotransmitter in our brains. Quote, an excitatory neurotransmitter excites or stimulates a nerve cell, making it more likely that the chemical message will continue to move from nerve cell to nerve cell and not be stopped. Glutamate is essential for proper brain function, end quote. Uh, that's from clevelandclinic.org. So after a hard, hard motherfucking day, there's basically just too much of it, you can say. And that's actually a signal for us to stop. There you go. Uh, D, how did yeah. Matthias explain it to eurekaalert.org? Our findings show that cognitive work results in a true functional alteration and accumulation of 
noxious substances. So mm-hmm. fatigue would indeed be a signal to make us stop working to preserve the integrity of brain functioning. I am writing all of this down. And the first thing I do tomorrow morning before I even start work is saying yeah. all this to my manager. Yeah. You got a, you get, you got a gunk problem. I, I'm all gunked up. <laughs> there you go. Put it on a tote. <laughs> Put it on a mug and take it to work. Put it on a mug and take it to work. <laughs> I love it. So, my friends, this is a traffic jam of neurotransmitters, and it's fucking, it's a mess. It's so much so that, quote, this in turn alters your control over decisions. So you shift towards low-cost actions requiring no effort, the researchers explained. So don't feel guilty for binging all those mindless 73 questions for a celebrity videos on YouTube after work. Your brain is constipated on glutamate. And that fatigue, burnout, fogginess, whatever you like to call it, is your brain needing you to slow the fuck down. And if you've noticed, after a good night's sleep or a good break from, you know, mental heavy lifting, if you've noticed you start to feel better and bounce back refreshed, well, that's no coincidence. D, brain doctor, tell him why. <laughs> Mathis told Eureka Alert, there is good evidence that glutamate is eliminated from synopsis during sleep. Mm-hmm. I love it. End quote. That's right. There you have it, folks. And now I know it could be hard to wind down. So if you ever find yourself in bed, burnt to a crisp and can't doze off, don't worry. I got you. While listening to the next four minutes or so, pretend you're a kid again, okay? My friends, my gift to you is Samuel L. Jackson reading Go the Fuck to Sleep, a bedtime poem for children, kind of, by Adam Mansbach. And uh, I'm going to play a little bit. Uh, It is four minutes long. You kind of get the idea after a couple of minutes. So (laughs) feel free, you know, to tell me to stop. But I'm going to play a few minutes of this poem. And it's... uh, It's pretty goddamn great. All right, here we go. I'm going to pull it up. The cats nestle close to their kittens. The lambs have laid down with the sheep. You're cozy and warm in your bed, my dear. Please go the fuck to sleep. The windows are dark in the town, child. The whales huddle down in the deep. I'll read you one very last book if you swear you'll go the fuck to sleep. <laughs> are we good? Uh, we are good. The eagle. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate his voice, but he does make me a little nervous. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get shot in the face. Yes. <laughs> it's like... It's like that new Pulp Fiction scene, but that, and then he's going to just shoot me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable. It's somehow calming and terrifying. Yeah. Right. Love it. So that's that. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's on YouTube, folks. Check it out if uh, you want to see the whole damn thing. Uh, and after the break, the Hulk can Hulk. Spider-Man can do whatever a spider can. But there's an old lady with a superpower that's really going to save some lives. So stay tuned. Hell yeah. Thank <laughs> you. 
Did you know that Elvis once showed up to the White House high as a kite with a bunch of guns? Did you know that Eleanor Roosevelt once had a romantic relationship with a lesbian reporter? Hi, we're Stephanie. And Tux. From Beyond Reproach, a comedic history podcast where we talk about political scandals like how FDR's grandfather made the family fortune smuggling dope. And messy government officials like President Johnson, who named his dick Jumbo and would wave it around at people on Capitol Hill. Gross. <laughs> and we do it all while drinking period-appropriate historic cocktails, like JFK's favorite, the lime daiquiri we are not historians we're just a couple of drunks who never shut up and love history we hope you'll join us on beyond reproach for some big facts good laughs a little bit of swearing a lot of drinking and a real good time you can find beyond reproach wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and we're back we are so back and my friends let's start with a love story i know uh joe and les milney of perth scotland met, fell in love, married, and got old together. And (laughs) it was your typical marriage until the 2010s when Joy, around 60, 60 years old at the time, noticed her husband was changing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Quote, he had this musty, rather unpleasant smell, especially around his shoulders and the back of his neck, and his skin had definitely changed, she told the BBC. That's very specific. That is so specific. <laughs> so, yeah. Weirdly so, specific. Uh, quote, I kept saying to him, you're not showering properly. <laughs> and he became quite angry about it at first. She said to Sky News of the UK. Uh, also strange, uh, the couple's friends and extended family, they didn't smell anything. Joy was alone and detecting and living with Les's new scent. Even Les was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, wow. Now, yeah, I know. Not only was the scent a new addition, over the next 12 years, Lee's behavior changed too. Depression, mood swings, things unexplainable, until they finally got a diagnosis. Again, a dozen years later, Parkinson's. Yeah. Wild. I know. Finally, with some answers, Joy and Les were able to find a community, a Parkinson's UK support group that they attended regularly. And wouldn't you know it, the moment Joy stepped into the meeting room, it was flooded with the same scent as her husband. That's rough. Let's <laughs> see. That is a, yeah, that's a bad fucking day. That's a lot of glutamate that day. <laughs> I mean, she, she needs a nap and she needs to stop smelling people's shoulders. Joy, a fucking retired nurse, put two and two together. She could detect Parkinson's by scent. So, Dee, please tell us, as reported by the BBC, what closure did she and Les have, and where did it lead Joy? The night before her husband died in 2015, wow, he made her promise to investigate her sense of smell. According to Joy, he said, you must do this because it will make a difference. There you go. And quote, uh-huh. oh, I know. Dry your, dry your fucking tears and get this. <laughs> <laughs> Joy was now on a mission. She believed her sense of smell could somehow change Parkinson's research and maybe even help it help diagnose it earlier. Remember, Joy picked up on the scent 12 years before doctors could make it official. So, Dee, what's her motivation here? What did she tell the BBC? Uh, what did she tell the BBC that she... Oh, God damn it, I can do this. <laughs> what did she tell the BBC she and Les could have had with an earlier diagnosis? 
Joy knows what an earlier diagnosis would have meant for her and her family. We would have spent more time with family. If we had known earlier, it might have explained the mood swings and depression. There you go. So my friends, dry more of your fucking tears and fast forward to this year. All right, let's get into it. An endgame worthy of teams. An endgame worthy team. <laughs> oh, wow, that's a lot of words. That's hard. <laughs> Composed of charities like uh, the Parkinson's UK, the Michael J. Fox Foundation, as well as the Royal Society funded research led by the University of Manchester and Joy herself. And you won't fucking believe this. Dee, let's just cut to the chase. Please read us the headline as published by the university's blog back in September. Okay. Let's go. Parkinson's breakthrough can diagnose disease from skin swabs in three minutes. Three fucking minutes. That's impressive. Oh, my God. My friends, to put this colossal step forward into perspective, James Jopling, the Scotland director of Parkinson's UK, told the BBC prior to Joy there was no definitive test people could take to make an official diagnosis. Nothing. Symptoms would have to be so progressed to make a diagnosis and like in Lee's case, sometimes that can be too late. So how did they do it? Well, first, they put Joy through a number of uh, smelling tests. <laughs> uh, here she is. I have a photo of her smelling one of the many swab samples that had sebum on it. And sebum, according to the university, is, quote, an oily secretion from the sebaceous glands under the skin, which are connected to the endocrine system. Scientists have found that sebum can be used as a diagnostic biofluid, end quote. So, Dee, I have a photo here of Joy. Uh, she's smelling some sebum swabbed from the backs and necks of total strangers. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to see this. All right. I'm very excited. <laughs> Come on by our social media stuff and take a look at Joy just sniffing. Let's go. Let's go. Aw, she gets up in there. She gets all up in there. She it it is on her face. It is on her nose. It is it is on her person. She's really in there. She uh, you know. She's... And I like how people are joyfully looking at her. Yes. Doing doing so because she is she is doing an amazing thing. Yeah. But she is up in that sweat neck and uh, back sweat. <laughs> she is in it to win it, man. Uh, so basically, long story short. Thanks to Joy's nose, scientists were able to figure out with those uh, were able to figure out those with Parkinson's have a high collection of certain lipids on their body enough to be easily identifiable. This led researchers to create a test. Get this that detects the disease with ninety five percent accuracy under laboratory conditions. Oof. That is you go almost unheard of. Her name oh. is Joyce, right? <laughs> Joyce. Yes. Oh, Joy. Oh, Joy. Oh, God. Say Joyce. Uh, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So, and like you said, the diagnosis can be made in three fucking minutes. So could you also do us the honor and tell us what final experiment did they run and how did they get to this number? From Margaret Osborne of SmithsonianMag.com, the team sampled 79 people with Parkinson's and 71 healthy individuals. They identified 500 compounds that are different between people with the disease and those without it. There you go. And quote, my friends, it, it comes down to about 500 different compounds. That's it. And thanks to Joy's incredible gift, we can identify them and those folks can begin treatment ASAP. I mean, that's incredible. Right? That's like a hero. She's a hero. Total fucking superhero. 
Uh, there is no cure yet for this disease, which strikes the nervous system. Uh, it's a disorder that can cause shaking, insomnia, limb stiffness, mental and behavioral changes. But this test will add years to those people's lives. So, fuck yeah. Here's to a retired nurse in Scotland. Cheers. Fucking I'm cheers. drinking Prosecco to you. Good job, lady. <laughs> Good job, lady. Uh, the fucking end. So, my friends, thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about this fucking old lady from Scotland, and uh, tell them about uh, what else? What are, <laughs> the, 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 All the, the things. The gunk, All the things. The, the gunked up. Don't be gunked up. <laughs> stay stay gunk free and take a nap, a mm. long nap. and At work. Should... Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And Dee, thanks for being on the show fucking stellar you fucking you're welcome thank you for having (laughs) me and thank you for like introducing me to the flock i'm very excited to meet them oh my god (laughs) the flock is the best and please stay interesting you filthy animals